Welcome to Pod Save Africa. 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 Welcome. Hello, Pod Save Africa listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Pod Save Africa. And actually, today you're in for a treat because this is our first episode in the Potip Africa and Mythological Africans collaboration, where we would be bringing you pre-hosted and pre-recorded conversations that Mythological Africans host every Fridays on their Twitter spaces called Fireside Fridays. And we'll be providing the information about these spaces and how you can be a part of them in the show notes at the end of the episode. Now, for today's episode, it is from a book called African Nights Black Erotic Folk Tales, just to give you a bit of an idea of the story you're about to listen to today. The story you'll be listening to today is called The Cure of a Man Crazy Woman. And next week, yes, I said next week, you'll be listening to The Husband's Revenge. Yes, I know, I know, we're a bi weekly podcast, but. We decided to bring these stories back to back for you listeners so that there's not too much gap in the sequence away from the actual session that was held where it was, it was just one session. We hope that you enjoy the conversation that's, that is shared with you today. Please remember this conversation was a Twitter space so there would be audience engaging in the story as well. And we hope that you can feel a part of the room even though you were not there or even if you were there i hope you can relieve the memories and the experience of being part of that twitter space now to set the mood for the story you're about to hear imagine it's a friday night you've come back from a busy day of work or of school or you know just going about your day You're looking for some time to just chill, to rest, and maybe to feel present in your experience. And so you decide, maybe not Netflix today, maybe not something else. Let me be a part of Fireside Chat Fridays. So you walk over to the gathering that you hear the chatter of, you feel the warmth of, You feel, you hear the cackle of the fire. So you walk over, you sit on the logs. You feel the warmth of the presence of the people around you and of the fire beside you. You lean in closer to just embrace the experience you're having. You feel relaxed. You feel energized. You feel ready for the experience of sharing, of embracing African folklore and tales. Mm. Now, on to the story. Here of a man crazy woman. 
a man married a woman who was very beautiful. He was so beautiful and so clever, but her desires exceeded all measure. Since the husband who had married her was unable to satisfy her, he seized every opportunity that her cleverness could devise to sleep with a friend or a handsome stranger. When a woman met a friend on her way to the market, she would have her joy of him. In a market, she would search out a handsome stranger and was always able to find a hidden corner where she could take her pleasure with him. On the way back, she would visit a woman's friend, a woman friend whose husband would be sure to oblige her. And on reaching home, her appetite not the first man to make her happy that day. And whereas the woman was always ready to demand more of the husband than he was able to give, he, for his part, was by no means pleased that the woman whom he had married should rely on other men for the greater part of her marital pleasures. Yet the husband had no proof of his wife's passion except for the excited condition of her body, which was always warm and moist and always yearning for more. The woman was far too clever to be caught out by her husband during her secret meetings with other men. She always managed to avoid her husband. It even happened that the husband would spy on her, hiding behind a straw fence, looking down the path that she had taken seeking adventure. And all the while, the clever one, separated from her husband only by the straw fence, would be enjoying the delights of her encounter to the full. When matters had been going this way for some time, the husband said to himself, there can no longer be any doubt about it. My wife is not only more avid for her pleasure than I am, she's also clever. I shall therefore discuss the matter with a friend. So the husband went to one of his friends and told him everything. He said, my friend, I beg you to be a true friend to me and help me in a certain matter. You know that I am married to a woman who is not only beautiful, but clever. She can also enjoy the sexual powers of many men without lessening her own capacity for pleasure. All my friends no doubt already know about this from their own experience. But I, I do not want to reproach them for having taken advantage of the delights that happen to come their way. I know that my wife cannot go out to pee without putting her crutch to some other use. I know that she is always able to find a man to share her pleasure with and that she can share it without my knowledge when and how. I assume that you know this and blush to tell you that not only do I not condone my wife's excesses, but that I am not clever enough to expose them. What is even worse is that having first been aroused by another man, then she demands the same exercise of me. She drains my resources in proportion to the number of friends and partners she has found to share that pleasure with, which ought to be my right alone. So I foresee the time when every man who lives in this town, by participating in my marital bliss, will impose upon me exertions which, since I as an individual will have to perform as much as all the rest put together, must soon bring me to the brink of the grave. I therefore beg you, my friend, advise me on how best to withdraw my wife from this masculine consortium so that I can obtain rest and recuperation, which I so urgently need. The friend thought about it and said, hmm, since you are clearly able to discuss this matter with calm and in dignified fashion, I shall not attempt to deny that your wife's cleverness and insatiable appetite are common knowledge in this town. It is indeed true that your powers will soon be exhausted since a lone individual could never succeed in doing by himself what can only be accomplished by the communal efforts of all the town's male inhabitants. Hence, unless you do something to remedy matters, you will quickly succumb to such unequal odds, and to avoid this, you must move to another town. I will accompany you, remain there a day, and come away again. You will find that the circumstances will change. I also hope that if your wife spends several hours a day sitting in the cold water peculiar to that town, there will be a marked change for the better. But there is one concession you will have to make. On the day we arrive in town, I must come together with your wife for the last time. 
This will be necessary in order to introduce her to her new way of life and to teach her the lessons that have to be taught. Since she has shared your bliss with so many others, you will not surely object to this one last time of friendly participation, especially since your soul possession will be ensured thereafter. Your husband gave his assent. He arranged for all of his goods to be packed and set off on the journey to the strange town with his friend and his wife, and one afternoon arrived outside its gates. The friend had arranged for the journey to be undertaken in long stages and had further stipulated that the woman must go the whole way on foot. Thus, every evening, her exhaustion was such that her usual requirement gave way to excessive weariness. But on the last day before they arrived outside the gates of the strange town, not only had the march been a very short one, but the woman had grown accustomed to this novel use of her legs so that her former urge returned with new vigor. Thus, the woman, having gone behind the seriba of the camp to pee, was able to lure forth her husband's friend, who showed himself eager to accept her challenge and rapidly engaged with her in exercise. When the performance was over, he said, you know, it will do you good if we insert another thorn into the camel's hair. The woman consented with alacrity, and when this too had been accomplished, she attempted to get up, but the man said, ah, unfortunate woman, a joyless future lies ahead of you, and it would be well for me to saddle you once more. The woman, whose delight in the exercise had grown with its repetition, said, come quickly, come, for I can very easily carry another rider. But when it was over, she asked, why did you call me an unfortunate woman and say that a joyless future stay ahead of, lays ahead of me? Ah, the friend said, all of the men in the town where you and your husband are living have not one, but two male organs which, moreover, are made of iron, so that the wretched women who yield to them feel no pleasure but the most terrible pain. In alarm, the woman said, come, come, my friend, see if you can manage one more leap into the ditch. The friend complied with her request. Then he said to the woman, now you must go into your husband, who is certainly waiting like a wild beast to leap on his prey. Let him ravage the lambs that are left. And with that, they separated and the woman went into the tent and took from her husband all that he had to give her that day. But as he entered his wife's hospitable doorway, the husband said to himself, truly, my friend has made use of his opportunities and has diligently instructed my wife. But if it has done any good, I will not complain. The husband entered the town with his friend and his wife took the lodgings. The husband entered the town with his friends and his wife took lodgings in a respectable house with a friendly landlord. As he was settling in with his wife, his friend went to a coffee house together with the amiable landlord and other respectable men. Since he had been to the town before and was therefore acquainted with his inhabitants, his companions asked him about the married man whom they had not yet met and so did not know. To this the friend replied, this man is greatly to be pitied, you know, for in every town to which he goes with his wife, he meets with serious trouble. You must know that this beautiful woman has one passion. After having lured a man to her couch, she cuts off his male organ with a pair of scissors. And since the woman's charms are exceptional and the men are always taken in by her, the husband has been compelled, after violent disputes, to depart suddenly from each town in turn, leaving behind a trail of emasculated youths. The tale carried such a great sensation among his audience. After much conversation, the men took leave of each other. The following day, the friend said to, to the man, it would be dishonorable of me if I were to stay any longer with you and your wife. I am leaving. Do not forget, cold hip baths, and believe me when I say that in the future, all will go well. 
Now, every day the woman gazed after the men of the town and they seemed to her well built and strong and most desirable. And she thought to herself, this business of two iron members is very strange. Everywhere the woman went, the men of the town looked after her, admiring her beauty and saying to herself, this is her passion for scissors. It's really very strange. But the man who desired most ardently to lie with the beautiful woman was a friendly landlord in whose house the husband had taken up lodgings. And as he was the most immediate recipient of her signals, he being most adept in signs and promptings, they were able to make a secret assignment for a time when the husband had business in the town. Now the friendly man thought to himself, it would be well for me to arm myself with a knife against a possible attack with a pair of scissors. And so he hid a knife under his clothes and went into the woman and lay down on the anger beside her. But the beautiful woman had thought to herself, you know, it might be safer to find out if there is any truth in the story of the two iron members. So when the man moved closer to her on the anger rep, she began with the greatest possible caution to run her hand along his undergarments. And she had nearly attained the object of both her investigation and her desire when the silver rings on her fingers knocked against the dagger which the friendly but cautious man was wearing under his garment. Then by accident, she touched the blade of the knife and scratched her hand on it. On hearing the clink made by the rings, the man gave a yell. The woman, when she felt the dagger, also gave a yell. In terror, the woman leapt up and, trembling, took refuge in the corner of the room. Pulling his robe together, the man made off. The woman saw the blood running down her hand and said to herself, What a dreadful danger I exposed myself to. So it's true after all. How terrible if this man's hard iron members had ravaged the tender soil of my pleasure garden. The men of this town are fearsome indeed. Soon afterwards, her husband came home and said, Come now, wife. Take a bath in this town's most excellent water. That evening, the friendly man went to the coffee house and sat down amongst the other men. He had a stricken air about him, and his expression was not friendly. The other men looked at him. They moved closer. And then at last an older man said, Tell us, my friend, you seem so exhausted. What happened? Was it cut off? No, 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 the friendly man said. Things didn't go as far as that. Her scissors clinked. And as soon as I heard them, I was able to leap away at the very last moment. And so ends this story. What are your thoughts about this one, guys? Can you guys still hear me? Or did I lose you? That was some great self-fulfilling prophecy. You know... <laughs> friend though, like talk about he, he was good. What I love is that he like ensured his own last enjoyment before he kind of messed it up for everybody, you know. That was that was quite the trick. And you know, something I find very interesting about these stories, always without fail, is that you know, a lot of people today will say, oh, you know, um, moral decadence, things are going to hell, people are not behaving themselves anymore. And then you read stories like this, which were collected between, what, 1904 and 1935. And all that tells you is that the more things change, the more they remain the same. <laughs> you know, the more things change, the more you remain the same. And, you know, society is always going to have its interesting people doing interesting things. You know, you have this woman who, 
you know, you would think that in, in some society she would be shunned and shamed, but it seemed like, you know, she was the, the belle of the town. It sounds almost like, you know, but yeah. Any, any other thoughts on this story? Go ahead, Mukuka. Uh, my first wonder is um, the disposition of the husband uh-huh. towards the, the escapades of the, the wife. His his concern is primarily not the fact that his wife is going towards every other man who cares to be with her, but his primary concern becomes that I don't have the energy to sustain this. It's it's a little you interesting. Is, is he void of the jealousy? Is Does he have no possessiveness towards the wife? Does it point towards um, what the society culture was like at the time? Or is it... Is it that um, one problem is exceeding the other, so he he focuses on the bigger problem at the time? <laughs> who knows, Mukuka? Who knows? You know, there are some people who, you know, just by their disposition would not be made jealous. Or maybe he was just a type of man who didn't even have the strength to fight. But we do know that um, in some communities, um, specifically amongst Fulani people, the women had a great lot of, you know, sexual liberty than we imagine they might possibly have even in current times. Um, you know, if I remember correctly, there there's at least one where even if married, the women are able to choose lovers. And if before they get married, they are able to choose lovers. So it might have been one of these. It says the story is from the Kordofan region, which is in Sudan. And I believe that there is a Fulani population in Sudan. So, but I, I can't speculate any further than that. So it could be any of the reasons you listed there, right? Just someone with a not particularly jealous disposition, someone who is resigned to the fact that he has, you know, a very lusty wife. Or maybe the community they were in is one such that a woman seeking pleasure outside of a marriage was not something to particularly be stressed by because, I mean, there is the fact that the men in town are not shy about seeking her out, you know, so there, there does seem to be a level of permissiveness there. You know, there does seem to be a, a bit of permissiveness there, which I, I think is very interesting. I think is very interesting for sure. Yeah, I find that I find that very interesting. It would be a subject I'd like to to dive into. You know, a good way a good way to look at this is just read some of the folk tales from your part of the continent, because um, you you like. Like I said, there are some stories in here which I cannot in good conscience read because they, I mean, maybe it's just my modern sensibilities, but it's like, what in the world, <laughs> you know? And I've read at least once, you know, folktale from um, the southern part of the African continent. I'm not going to say specifically which people, which, you know, the premise of it is actually a little bit horrifying. It's sexual and it's horrifying and it leads to a murder. And I, I can't even imagine... <laughs> you know, what, what that would be like. Um, but at least in that story, um, the idea was that the, the person, you know, was an offensive party and I believe he is punished in the end for what he did. Um, but I, I think, you know, what, what is for certain is that if you peel back the layer of morality that tends to get slapped on things, you will find a fascinating, fascinating sexual culture. I believe, I forget who um, did the tweets on here, but basically it was like a, a war that started because a queen of some South African nation, you know, had a lover and things kind of got out of hand and it led to an actual war, you know. So I, I think that 
as we all know, being from the African continent or knowledgeable of the African continent, there is a lot that goes on underneath the surface, right? And there are, there are things that perhaps are not talked about openly, but which do happen, you know, and it, it bears some taking note of. It certainly does bear some taking note of. I mean, it reminds me of, a, of one of the stories that we read a while back in here, which was shared by Rafiad. It's actually an Odu um, from the, the IFA corpus, so the, the divinatory, um, 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 what's the word, divinatory verses that are used by IFA diviners. And it speaks of a man who was having, you know, performance troubles and he seeks out the help of you know the Ialoja, the queen of the market and she's so helpful that all the men go seeking her help as well and i was reading that story and thinking to myself wow okay Ialoja, you know talk about talk about power um but there there is a lot that goes on there and <laughs> are you laughing at me mokuka i mean it's true now it's that's that's power right there you know so there there is a lot that is not you know necessarily available or discussed openly and it it bears it bears knowing about because then you might be shocked at your own culture i remember talking to a friend about um the practice among the uh, kikuyu people which is basically <laughs> dry humping for lack of a better way to call it but it it was a way by which these these young people were expected to build sexual discipline you know and it essentially after the the women went through their um, initiation process the men went through their initiation process they would pair off and dry hump each other but then you couldn't get pregnant because if you got pregnant then it was evidence that something beyond dry humping had happened and just the 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 punishment that you would get if anything went out of hand was such that it reined people in. But then you think about that now and it's like, oh my goodness, no, 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 no. But that that is a way that, you know, people managed urges in communities and built discipline. So one one of the things I love about the stories from this book is that they they demonstrate a sexual culture in Africa which in my opinion, you know, bears looking at because then it, it tells you that things are a lot more complex than we we think they are quite often. And perhaps it, you know, will lessen some of the the, the lessen some of the impact that shame and you know guilt is used to make people's lives miserable now. I remember last week one of the stories uh, we read had some pretty, you know, intense homoerotic vibes, if I remember correctly, you know, these two men and one of them was, you know, a feared hunter. But then this young, handsome man came by and he was like, I can't kill you. You're too pretty, you know, and essentially let himself be captured because he couldn't kill this pretty boy. And when some people finally killed the boy, he was so upset at this boy getting killed. And to me, I'm looking at that and thinking, wow, okay, that's different, <laughs> you know. It, it's not straight up, you know, a, a, a gay love story, but it comes pretty close if you ask me. But then maybe that's me putting my own modern interpretation on things, right? Anyway, the bottom line is that I, I enjoy these stories and I delight in sharing them because I think they give us, you know, a little insight into things which perhaps we, we might overlook. So, yeah. Another uh, book that I want to mention, which does this, but in a bit more of a modern con uh, context, is this book by um, 
what's her name? Oh, man. Just popped out of my head, but it's called The Sex Lives of African Women. Uh, oh, man. I know I shared it in here somewhere. But the book came out of a blog that she started. I think it's called Adventures from the Bedrooms of, Sex of African Women. And I, I followed the blog for a while and I was really excited to see that the book had come out because what, what it really does is that it, you know, writes about African women and sex in a way that you just might not think about um, because she, she talks to people. She talks to people much like in the way that this man said, hey, where, where are the sexy stories of the people? And he went looking for them. So that's what she does um, with this book. There it is. So there you have it, the end of episode one of our collaboration with Mythological Africans. Stay tuned for episode two, which will be dropping next week with the new story titled The Husband's Revenge. Thank you for listening. As always, please share, follow, subscribe, and let us know if you have any feedback on all of our social media or over email.